You're listening to Attack the Pod, a podcast with news, views, and how-tos inspired by Amsterdam's biggest, biggest best, best, and most international triathlon and cycling club with your hosts, Neil and Matt. So here we are, podcast number five. I'm, I'm Neil, your host, and I'm with my co-host, Matt. Hello. How you doing, Neil? I'm good. And we also have with us Yap Kutsia. Evening. Is that correct? Hi. Did yes. I pronounce it correct? Very good. So we made it. We're on to number five. Number five. Who'd, who'd have thought we'd make it this far? <laughs> I know. And uh, and there's pressure now because people want to hear things. But what we've got, one thing that was meant to be there a long time ago is we have our own webpage now. So Woo-hoo. we have, yeah, it's like attack, what is it? Attack slash club slash podcast. That's a one. Um, so we're online, so you can listen to all the previous versions for those that might want to, which people do. Yeah, we see that in the data, right? Yeah, they they join the, at like episode four, then they yeah. go back in. So and that you must, see the numbers yeah, go up yeah, of number yeah. one. So it's. Uh, I wonder if like we're getting any better. So they might go back <laughs> to the beginning and be like, "God, this was shit to start." <laughs> we should ask. Let us know, right? Anyone that's listening, let us know. But anyway, so we're back. We have a page, and we're getting more professional as the weeks. And on the, the page, I think you'll get the uh, the show notes as well. So that's if true. we mention stuff that you know you remember us talking about, I don't know, a book or. Yep. Uh, a clip or something in the past then we'll try and include all those uh, links notes there so uh, yeah go and have a look so today we're going to talk about um, well we've titled titling it the off season and we're going to focus on planning and how you plan your year out as well in the off season that's a time to reflect and look backwards but I think for everyone now we just want to look forwards and hopefully see where we're going to get to next year so we're going to talk a bit about about that and some planning then the usual we're going to talk about some news we're going to meet Yap we'll hear a little bit about you and then um, that'll be us so that should take us Let's hope so. Yeah, and we're recording this on Wednesday, Wednesday twenty eighth. So this should be this people this should be landing in people's inboxes on Saturday. So hopefully, sort of uh, the world won't change too much in the next <laughs> well, few days. Well, you never know this yeah. this day and age, but let's uh, let's do it. So, um, yep, we're gonna uh, we're gonna listen. We're gonna we're gonna hear a little bit more about you for those that don't know you. Um, I think I've met you at the running. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. You had the the intervals on Tuesday, which are finished now. The running police stopped it because of the light, right? Yeah. I <laughs> There's mean, no daylight. That's a fair point. I, I ran through there the other <laughs> night and I was like, yeah, that, that was a good decision. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, well, I say I ran through there. I think I ran through there. <laughs> I, well, I'm not able to sort of confirm that, but um, that I, I headed shit. in that direction. You're going for your local legend again. Oh, really? I saw you. Yeah, I saw okay. you had He's that. going for the rounds on the flavor park. What does that I'm mean, sorry. the local legend? Well, I, I didn't know about it until we were You've doing the, them, uh, but only there, I think. But right. um, it was only doing those rounds in Flevo Park on the loop there. And then uh, on Strava, I got this sort of, uh, I got this alert that I was the local legend there. So essentially anything which is a popular route, I guess, yeah. uh, if you're the person that's done it most over a certain ah. period of time, then you are the local legend. So from that point on, all your runs were in Flevo <laughs> yeah. Park. It's but like, I'm not I, letting anyone I feel beat like me. it's a little bit like, you know, like the, uh, the award that they give away for like the kid that tries hard. So it's like, you're, you're not actually <laughs> fast to enough in. to be a king of the mountain. Kind of, you're not getting a KOM, but uh, bless you. You've tried a lot. So <laughs> we'll give you a local legend. Bless them. Yeah. <laughs> Still not the fastest, but <laughs> well done. <laughs> so, so anyway, Yap, right? So where are you from? Um, Netherlands, of course. Yeah. You can hear that. Um, uh, from Veluwe. Yeah. How did you end up in Amsterdam then? Uh, study. Study. Ah, okay. Study and work. So, so how long have you been here? Uh, yeah. Eight or nine years, I think. Ah, I've uh, been here longer than you. Yeah. Doesn't make me any more Dutch, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
And what about your sporting background then? Tell us a bit about that. Now, uh, football, a uh, long time ago. I've picked up, uh, I think when I was 8 and 19, I went to the gym a lot. It was about uh, 15 kilos heavier than now. 15 kilos of muscle. <laughs> Mostly, not all, not all of it. <laughs> Beefcake. <laughs> well, it wasn't that fast back then. And then I think uh, a couple of years ago, I started picking up running. My sister, she challenged me. She said, uh, a marathon isn't, isn't nothing for you. I said, no, it's way too far. <laughs> it's crazy, you know. <laughs> so I think the day after the marathon, I uh, registered for, uh, for an Ironman. Right. So, yeah. oh, wow. <laughs> did you challenge her to see I can bench 50 at the gym? <laughs> no. <laughs> And how did you find the attack then? I've, I've, I've seen uh, attack people at, uh, I think, the Egmond Marathon and right. the Tri Amsterdam and some other places. Yeah. And I thought, ah, this seems so happy, happy bunch. Works. So, yeah. The marketing works. Yeah. A happy bunch. Happy no, bunch. It wasn't me that was passing you. <laughs> Maybe I wouldn't be passing anyone. Yeah. It might have been after the race. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that before, but. <laughs> <laughs> what, was your, uh, what was your first impressions of the club? You could be. Brutally honest here. Although I think you gave us them. You said we were happy. Yeah, happy bunch. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. And that's it. Done some some bike sessions, but I'm not really a group rider. I think it's not really good for training most of the time. Well, it's always all too fast or too slow. But I like to do a group session once in a while. Yeah. And now I do the cyclocross as well. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's loads of fun. And what about your best sporting achievement? It's not my best achievement, but it's the most memorable, I think. My um, half marathon in Nijmegen, okay. the Stevensloop. And back then I thought I'd do a... Um, 135 or something like that. I thought, well, if I have a good day, I can do 135. And I went off at 410 pace, I think. <laughs> Way too fast. And I held on for it. I think after six or seven Ks, I was just... Gone. Done. <laughs> I thought, okay, now I've got to hold on. So I held on <laughs> till, till the end. You know? and oh, well I came in at 130, something, oh, wow. just over the one and a half hour. But yeah. that day I learned how to, it's all mental, you know? Just, yeah. And that's most that's memorable because it's because you got it wrong or because it was a great time? Oh, because I could do it. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think I could do it. I was aiming at 140, I think. Well. And yeah. So yeah, just uh, one of those moments. Sometimes you need to dive into the deep end and just try and swim. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah I wish, yeah. I just just completely off topic here, but I wish we had a camera so everyone could see Matt sipping his beer. Like <laughs> He takes himself secretly away from the microphone. He takes a little <laughs> sip of his beer. I, and I didn't want Because <laughs> if I drink my beer like too close to the mic, then we'll go... Yeah, you can hear it, but it's very funny for you. It's a shame no one can see it. I look like a sort of, uh, like a, a it's like it should be in a paper drink. bag. It should be hidden in a paper bag or something. It's like, it's like got an alcohol problem. Anyway, yeah, right, we've got a quick fire round. we do it with all our guests. Um, so oh. we're going to say something or give you a word that we want your your, your immediate reaction. I'm familiar with the concept. Well, yeah. yeah, I'm so now a bit afraid on, now. Yeah. yeah, now you're on the spot. <laughs> so, shaved legs. Yes. Ooh, Amsterdam or Rotterdam? Amsterdam, of course. Amsterdam. <laughs> Do you know, I haven't spent a lot of time in Rotterdam. It's so embarrassing. I've been here 10 years and I've not spent more than a day. I wouldn't there. go for like four years after doing the marathon there because I hated <laughs> the place so, <laughs> so, so much. You saw the break like, ah, oh, no, yeah, not again. Like, no, no, not again. <laughs> uh, swimming or cycling? Cycling. Oh, Giro or Vuelta? Giro. Olibolling or Bitterballing? Uh, Bitterballing. Alberheim or Jumbo? Alberheim. Cyclists? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Man or half Iron Man? Iron Man. Roglic or Pogacar? Pogacar. Blue trousers or black trousers? Don't really care. <laughs> hey, we're, we're, we're in Amsterdam. We should have red trousers on. The uh, yeah, I think I meant to put red on it. I'm reading it back and I'm seeing blue. It's the most oddest color that was what I was trying to go for. Stampot or Haggis? Oh, I like Haggis, but I'm Dutch. So, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I don't know. It was an unfair one to put in. Apple pie? Yeah. Lance Armstrong? Nah. And I'll ignore the last one. I shouldn't have put that one. 
So we're going to do shout out. Shout out to all the new members. I don't have anyone's name again, so. <laughs> I think we need to get in touch with the membership director yeah, and uh, get some. Is it Cassand- I don't know. I can't. Cassandra. Cassandra. Yeah, Cassandra. There's going to be a yap or a yan. I think if there's yeah. a, a Dutch person, there's there's usually a yap or a yan joins. Bass. Bass. Oh yeah. Welcome, Bass. Bass. And there's a there's many Michaels and Michaels and Michaels. And so there's welcome probably, to all of those. Welcome. There's going to be a few new ones. Dan or Dan or Dan. <laughs> various sorry. levels of A in the word Dan. Yeah, like one of those. Bas- bashing you here, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's because you never said haggis. <laughs> Another shout out to Martine from swimming, just because he picked up my uh, swim boy, my kickboard for me last night. <laughs> I left it at the swim pool. So it's... it's Someone sent, I, I can't remember who it was, who sent a picture and said, did someone leave these? I went, oh yeah, shit, that was me. Could the big one, that's me. That's what you said. Yeah, well, yeah. was it yeah. you that found them? Was it <laughs> well, you? No, 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 no. Oh yeah, it was that's me. Said, the big one was mine, yeah. And then they said, I was like, great, can you just take them? I'll get them next week. No, they're at the side of the pool. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I mean, you might as well tell me I could have won a million dollars. but <laughs> And uh, Martin, very, very thoughtfully, um, he's put them in the back of his car. So thanks for that. Any rants, Matt? You know, any? has there been any twats wearing tri-suits? No, 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 no. I mean, fortunately, you know, this is the this is the good side, good part of the weather getting bad, the less tri-suits on show. Also, <laughs> no, uh, no helmets with race numbers on spotted because there's no racing. So oh, yeah, I, I'm in favour of COVID, <laughs> to be honest, in this sense. So uh, I, I, had, I had a rant. I'm, I'm going to open up Pandora's box here. I think I'm going to go there. I'm, go, I'm going oh, to go. There. Oh, <laughs> hang on, let me get the beer. <laughs> Have you got popcorn? Good, right. So this is the swimming, right? The COVID swimming rules, right? Yeah, but if you, you're at the swimming, maybe maybe this is just me. So I. We are in a pandemic and, and it's serious and there's absolutely no doubts about that. And we're very fortunately allowed to swim. But they've taken the swimming lanes down from six to three, right? On theory, on paper, this makes perfect sense so that you can rotate. Okay? Just go clockwise, keep swimming, don't get near anyone, don't pass them. However, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel this doesn't work when you're doing a training session where you have to stop after every 50 meters or 100 meters. So now I have seven people breathing on me instead of three. <laughs> and that's my rant. I just feel, I don't know if it's an attack rule or if it's a, a Jimente rule, but I think we should go back to six lanes. I think there is less, if you think about it in practical terms, when you're stopping all the time, we now just have seven or eight people bundled up at the bottom of a lane versus three or four. I think so, you're right. But I think in March, uh, March, April, all the swimming pool had double lanes like this, like we have at the, the attic session now. But I think you're right. <laughs> Only you're not passing each other that close anymore. So it, is the theory that lane ropes cause COVID? Is no, this the, 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 the less <laughs> lane ropes? No, 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 no. So the theory, and I don't want to bash the theory. Because just I, don't touch them. Yeah. <laughs> Take them all out. That seems. <laughs> there's no, I think there's two theories. One is that there, there's more space at either end, but the other theory is that you can ro- just keep going clockwise and you're not passing. Counterclockwise. Huh? Yeah, uh, counter. I think you can yeah, choose whatever we, we. I think it seems to be different depending on the lane. But the issue I had is that we're stopping every fifteen hundred meters. It's a training session. So 
you're now just all huddled together, all eating. <laughs> and anyway, actually, my overall feeling is if 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 you want to social distance, you shouldn't put 30 people in a swimming pool, but that's the Clemente's rule. But anyway, I think so, yeah. that but, was my uh, Surely the sensible option is splitting people to start from other ends of the pool. Yeah, yeah they do the, a swim gym. Yeah, that's what they do at swim gym. Three on the one yeah. end, three on the end. It does and keep that, a smaller that number. That makes more sense, but yeah. where that becomes a problem for us, I think, and of course people can tell me if I'm wrong, which I'm sure they will, is because we're shouting instructions. Can't hear. Ah, which is yeah. also why everyone huddles up together. Yeah. Because, you know, bless them, was it uh, Michiel? Uh, it was hard here yesterday. Yeah, very difficult to hear because they've got like body pump going on in the, in the pool next to them. <laughs> and so you're all huddling even closer well, like penguins. There, there's an activity that shouldn't exist for starters. Yeah, you need to get them out. They're a corona risk. The guy's brilliant. You should see him. He's really good. Can I, since I didn't have a rant on uh, tri suits or, uh, or helmets this time, yeah. my rant is. Why in the Netherlands, in a swimming pool, do you all swim anti-clockwise? When in the UK, we alternate well, so that the just, arms are coming down the same side and you don't get massive collisions of arms. You just saw it just now because I said it alternates yeah. and Yap looked at me and was like, no, it's anti-clockwise. No, <laughs> last week, there was, I think like, two weeks ago, Michiel was, uh, okay, we're all swimming clockwise. That's right, yeah. But everybody's used to swim counterclockwise. <laughs> there was a bit of confusion yeah. there, so it's right. swimming counterclockwise. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you, you crazy <laughs> man? Like, black, blacks, white, downs up, we're swimming <laughs> clockwise. In the UK, you alter, you alternate. Yeah, so one that, lane yeah. swims clockwise, the next lane swims anti-clockwise and that way you're not swimming against someone. So if you hit hands, you're kind of hitting in the same direction. I think it's less, uh, a little less wavy in the pool that way as well. Come on, Yap, as a representative yeah. of the Netherlands. Speak for your people. And, and all things tell us, tell us. I think it's a good idea. I think the English are right here. We're, we're onto something here. We're not how, always how wrong. Do you, how not often everything's Brexit. <laughs> Brexit and we're taking our damn lane swimming with us. But really, how often do you touch someone? How often do you hit someone in the pool? Yeah, not that often, but like if you're doing fly or something like that, then opposite. Well, even even like squad pools, I think. Like if you do, if you're both doing fly and you're going opposite someone else doing fly, then it's a bit of a risk. Whereas if you, at least if you're going in the same direction and also that you're not actually like passing at speed, you know, if you pass someone, they're yep. still moving forward in the same direction. So, uh, Did you actually train sense. with fly? Did you actually train with butterfly? That was your yeah. stroke. Yeah, that was my stroke. Yeah, yeah. From me, yeah. You're probably the yeah. only one in the pill and everyone's like, look at that asshole <laughs> yeah. making all these waves and they can do it properly. Yeah. Just leave. <laughs> there, there are people who like, dive in for the warm-up and start doing flying. They're like, what, what about warm-up don't you understand? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't easy. Actually, on swimming, we should talk about the swim sessions because since the last podcast, we started the attack swim sessions and I, I think they've been great. Apart from my, my little rant about COVID, which is more for a bit of fun. and How Are they well attended? Very well attended. Yeah. I, think. There's, I mean, there's 30 people all huddled together in a pool. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think they are. I mean, there's a, busy, uh, yeah. at least 20 odd people each week. I think it's full every week. There's a bit of an aftermarket know, trade going on. Trade I've spots. noticed it's on like the, the WhatsApp market. group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I the think they're going market. like they've doubled in price. Doubled now, in buy. So, I'm ready yeah. to give mine up. Screw, <laughs> screw the Iron Man. I'll, I'll <laughs> get double the price for my swim session. <laughs> no, I think uh, it's been really well attended. And I think they've been very good. I mean, they always were. <laughs> to be honest, I went a few years ago. They were always good. But it's been nice. For me, I'm just getting back into it. So I'm quite enjoying yeah. it. And if anyone's listening and they haven't been, it's it's really kind of broad levels as well. Sort of everyone's yeah. welcome, right? I, I think so. I mean, as, I think as long as you could swim 50 meters, you know, and, and, and not die, I think you're going to get some sort of benefit out of it. Yeah. And then it just goes up in level. I mean, I, I'm in the first 
I would say second lane, but now it's one lane, so I'm in the first lane. <laughs> so, so super lane. <laughs> that's why you're on single lane. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so that I don't look like I'm a total novice. Um, no, there's a definite, there's a definite, you know, gap, and it's great. I think I think it's really well put together. I don't know who's putting it together, but um, there's different people presenting it, coaching it, and they've all been great. Really funny story about Anna. Um, uh, Anna was doing the the very first one, and and she she spotted something in my stroke that I always get told. I used to get told this by the coaches at the swim gym all the time, which is that uh, I lift my head up too much out the water, and and it's not it's making my body not straight. But it was funny. Anna was telling me this, and she's leaning down, and she's like, Neil, and and, and you could you could she's explaining it and why not to do this, and I was like, yeah, and you could see her. She's looking at me and thinking. Now this is Neil. I think I need to be more simpler about this. I'm going to say it in your accent, Anna. I'm sorry, but you always get on at me for not speaking uh, the proper Italian. She goes, basically, if you don't do it, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I got that immediately. Yeah. You know, I got that. I was like, okay. Point taken. So she, <laughs> she was really good. Correct and, to the point. Yeah, and Mickey yeah. um, last night as well gave me some tips. It's really good. Actually, I have to say, very good. So. um Anna's done a great job because she organises all the uh, the trainers and stuff uh, ah, behind the okay. scenes and then puts a lot of thought into the session. So uh, she's doing really a great good. job there. And it seems to be quite progressive as well. It seems to be quite, uh, yeah, like it's, but you're building on it. You don't feel yeah, like. I think they started out with uh, head position, something like that. And yeah. the second week I wasn't there, but third week was uh, breathing. Yep. And yesterday was. Rotation. Rotation, yeah. Yep. That was really and good. Next year, next week, it'll probably kick or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no. not, but <laughs> fly, but fly, warm up. yesterday. Had us doing it yesterday. Yeah. It was good. So, uh, yeah, really good session. So, if anyone's not involved and they get the opportunity, I would definitely recommend it. And and I thank you, Dos, to those that have put it together because it's been really good. Coming on to, we called it trying news, but it's really news about anything in cycling. Yeah, you know. I think we've wrapped up everything together yeah. into into one segment. Well, I thought after me being sort of, you know, all boastful and uh, proud of my achievement of calling the winner of the tour, I'd have to sort of put my hands up in defeat this time. So I think we both called, we both called, <laughs> we both called Chief uh, the Giro win. In our defence, it was an accident. <laughs> it was. Uh, he fractured his pelvis. Or so, uh, but what, what a race this that one. Uh, this is on the Giro d'Italia. In the Giro, yeah. So what I have is, because Anna, again, sorry Anna, I'm picking on you here, but you give me a row every time I try and say something. So we've actually got Anna. This is how you should say it. Giro d'Italia. She said that the last time. Get that? Yeah, got it. Giro d'Italia. Okay, so what a... Giro d'Italia. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was Thanks, probably Anna. my favourite... Giro d'Italia. ...that I've seen so far. Um, <laughs> and a very unexpected... Giro d'Italia. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Anna. We, we used you again after you gate-crashed the podcast last month. No, um, I have to be honest, I didn't watch much of it, so which is probably a good thing, because anyone that's not into cycling is like, finally, a podcast. <laughs> not only focused on Neil and Matt's like... Cycling love him, basically. It's, it's a cracking race, and yeah. I think this uh, the uh, potential upsides of the the terrible kind of situation that we're all in is we're seeing some really exciting, really uh, yeah. unexpected racing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well worth following. Then Vuelta's happening at the moment. But on the on the Giro, so who on won? the what? Who won? on on the Giro d'Italia? Who won? <laughs> so uh, Tao Gegen Hart. Yes, so uh, what does he you pronounce it right? I don't know. So you listen to his name and you think, right, where could he be from? Could it be Belgium? Could it be... I thought like at first like Thai or something. <laughs> no, no, London. He's from London. Let's hear him. I think all of my career I've dreamt of 
trying to be top five or top ten maybe in a in a race of of this stature. So this is something completely and utterly different to that, and uh, I think this is going to take a long time to to sink in. So he's only 25 years old, completely unexpected yep. rider. He was meant to be supporting Geraint Thomas and he won the Giro. Uh, sorry, he won the Giro d'Italia. There and we go. then he um, and he uh he was more shocked than as shocked as yeah. everyone else, I think. And uh, I think like what's been really sort of fun or was interesting to watch. Firstly, everyone's so gushing with praise about what a nice guy he is, which yeah. sort of, uh, you know, makes you feel sort of uh, more, I, I'm not a big yeah. Ineos or Team Sky fan, but um, when, for someone like that, I, you can't help but be happy. That's why I thought it was interesting with that clip. He thought, you know, the ultimate, the best thing he could yeah. quote, hope for in his career was a top five or top 10 in a major uh, he, He's happy to be like a professional cyclist. Yeah. Basically, he, he yeah. enjoys the fact he gets paid to ride a bike and doesn't take it much more seriously than that which is great and then just to finish up it was the first time ever that going into the final day the two leaders were tied on time so after 85 hours of racing they were tied to the second yeah um the first time and probably the last time probably in the last time. generation yeah, yeah. so and that was super cool to watch and uh and see how so tight he it took was. it the time trial as he well. took it in the time trial on the final also, day uh, yeah a twist yeah. of fate like the uh not quite the same as the tour de france but the, the giro d'italia that never didn't cease to amaze any yeah <laughs> right cool. anna you're off the hook <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to the next one i don't know did anyone watch uh i think you did yeah the lionel sanders uh our record yeah, i did yeah so for anyone not knowing, the Canadian Ironman triathlete, Lionel Sanders, who sort of uh, has a, a fair bit of online fame, notoriety for his crazy training sessions and challenges and his ability to um, totally beast himself. He committed earlier this year to, uh, well, with with not having any races, he set himself to two sort of uh, goals. And one was to set a 5K PB in the run. He He comes from a running background, so that's, that's pretty handy. And then he went for the Canadian one-hour record, uh, having never ridden in a velodrome or never ridden indoors this before. This is the Aubrey-type record. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So for the Canadian national record for yeah. that. And and then obviously decided to do them three days apart. <laughs> so, and, and he achieved both. And actually looks, he set a pretty smoking hot time on the uh, on, on the uh, hour record attempt. So uh, it was pretty good yeah. to watch. 51.3, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So 50, just think of that, almost 52 kilometers an hour oh, for an hour. hour. Wow. Is he a good triathlete? He's come second at Kona oh, uh, once and then always kind of uh, flattered to deceive since then. He, he's uh, almost unbeatable at half distance if he was to focus at that. Never quite got it right at the full distance or certainly not at Kona. He's yeah. a bit ego, I think. Yeah, and also he refuses to be helped, right? Yeah. So uh, he likes, uh, he reaches out to coaches and then ignores them. And then ah, okay. he does, uh, he has a disappointing Kona and then tells everyone, uh, sort of does a, a sob story video about how he's going to get coached this year. <laughs> Goes to a different <laughs> so coach, then ignores him. Yeah. No, he's still a Scottish coach, English guy, right? The, the... Tilbury Davis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I, I just don't know how much he listens, but um, yeah. I mean, fair play. He's, he's really good fun. He's well worth, if you don't follow him on, on YouTube in particular, well. Think of that performance if he's doing a lot of this himself. Think of what he could achieve if he would just devote a season to listening to, yeah. to someone that knows that. I mean, yeah, but the pure cyclist who do, who do less than 51.3 uh, yeah. in now, you know, yeah, try to, to go for the, for the current record, the 55 from uh, um, and he's a 
Kampenaat. Kampenaat, yeah. Kampenaat. And but which they is just that, barely touch 51 and 52. Yeah. So and, and this was a professional uh, cyclist, you know. This, and this yeah. was like no altitude or anything, yeah. which is obviously quite, you know, significant. It's obviously got like a less real, than yeah. real underlying talent and ability. Um, He's got a crazy engine, I think. Yeah. But yeah. it's, uh, yeah, so, uh, but yeah, I think if he was to apply the sort of professionalism that you see someone like Fredino apply, then, uh, and that's also sort of an interesting question. I think like, it's fun to watch someone do this. But you also think like, would Frodo do this? Like, yeah. How much does this ultimately serve him as an, as if he really yeah. wants to to win Kona? Maybe it's part of his master plan, and there's no one to tell him yeah, that it's right it's or wrong. Great. It's, you never know what he's doing. You know, he's yeah. going vegan, and then he's only eating nuts, <laughs> and then he is. I don't know, but yeah. I, I think that's why people like it because he, he's like almost just a better version of most triathletes, right? Because yeah. we're all yeah. like, oh, I read this thing in the magazine that if yeah. you, uh, if you wear this armband with a magnet in it, then uh, you're going to go 4K an hour uh, yeah, well, you faster. Do, so, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to go vegan, uh, raw food. You only have to listen to our <laughs> first just podcast. Just relate to it, yeah. Just listen to our first yeah. podcast. We're probably already contradicted our, yeah, our yeah. approach <laughs> and our strategy. Uh, maybe that's it. Everybody can relate to him. Exactly, and, and, and he's quite open. He, he, he tells everything he's doing, you know, and also yeah. his mistakes. And yeah. then he's uh, with his long face. He's in front of the camera. It's going out. Oh man, I'm, I end up like thirty. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have Again. gone uh, vegan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have gone vegan three days before the race. Yeah. Or <laughs> but yeah, definitely worth a follow. Then uh, just a few sort of. Um, well, sorry, I have to stop you there. Worth a follow, Matt. Did you not just say in the last podcast how you're against all social media and it's the I don't have the, social the media, evil of the but world, but you're you're telling everyone else to follow. <laughs> I'm, I'm just just flagging that up. If yeah. you are, if if that's what floats you, find, find him on the on the <laughs> television somewhere. <laughs> yeah, look him up in a phone book. Sorry. Actually, I I still use YouTube. Recently, I've I've actually went to YouTube in itself. Oh, I'll just go to YouTube, and then it's throwing all this content at yeah. me, and I'm like, oh man, this is dangerous. Because usually yeah. I go because I get linked, and then you go down the rabbit hole. But um, so much crap on it as well. But it, it's amazing Dangerous. how much it gets. You know how how much the algorithm gets to know. Because oh, I was crazy. like looking at some crazy video of like uh, you know how to change a fuse box of a blah blah like one of these instructional things, and it throws up something. T- it's like. Britain's got talent. Tiger versus crocodile. I'm like, oh God, you know me so well. I'm going to no, have to watch that. Very good. Very good. So, uh, yeah, I think you were going to say Amsterdam. Yeah, uh, so I just moved on to some local news now. So um, I think you posted this as well, yeah, that uh, Almira is yeah, on for Almira, next, yes. next yeah. year, confirmed. Yeah, they uh, introduced the half for this year. Again, put last year, the, the World Championship yeah. for last year. And uh, now it's moved to this year. But last year there was, was no, I got a sign in front of my face. <laughs> I was telling him to move closer to the, to the mic. <laughs> and I was about to say stop swinging as well. <laughs> He's swinging Double sign. Chair, yeah. Double sign. <laughs> I was supposed to tell this, but okay. Yeah, so this year they're including the half distance as well now. Yeah. Because last year everybody wanted to do the half distance because of the IT rules, there was no half distance. And now I think they've opened... A uh, thousand uh, spots. Yeah, and that's September, right? Yeah, September. And you're a fan of the bike ride. I, saw I feel like this was a controversial <laughs> opinion. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I, I can understand people doing it. It's a well-organized race locally. My point is basically half the bike course is straight on like zero turns 
on you know a single road and I feel like the organizers could do a better job at finding something more interesting to ride on you that's my point you weren't going to go there in that area in the it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's entertaining I'm though. not saying it's a bad race or that it's not uh, well organized or that you shouldn't do it. not all those things I just think it's a Bit lazy. In I terms was of the I course. was liking how it was playing out in the WhatsApp group. I was just excited. I was just watching this because I knew you could see there was a mix of a uh, mix of opinions. Here. Um, Mallorca mix is a, a generous term. Yeah, that's me, <laughs> me and everyone versus everyone else's Matt opinion versus the club. <laughs> and then yeah, so just saw this today that uh, uh, there used to be an Ironman in Mallorca, basically, and uh, the last few years it wasn't held. There's only a seventy been a seventy point three. But now they are have reinstated the full distance uh, in Mallorca. And obviously it's an area that a lot of club members know pretty well from uh, our training camps over the last few years, except this year. It looks like a cool course. It's a single loop course. So you see uh, quite a lot of the island. It's not 50K straight on the one road. So I like that part of it. <laughs> quite a bit of hill, some nice, you know, some of the the well-known Mallorca climbs in there as well. So uh, super cool race. And I think it's held in tandem with the 70.3. So, so um, early, in May or something. May, yeah. yeah it's May. given me a bit of uh, controversy because I was want, I, I was going to do Yesolo in Italy. Sorry, Anna, you're going to tell me I pronounced it wrong. Giro d'Italia. But, stop, um, stop it, Anna. We know, <laughs> we know. Yesolo. Um, but now you've seen this Mallorca one and it's only a week later, so it doesn't affect my plans or anything too much. It still even fits in with the school holidays, etc. You know, now I'm a bit like, oh, what did I do? Yeah, because you know, I quite, I quite like that. Yeah. yeah, it's the 8th of May, I think, the week before. The okay, Ironman, yeah. yeah. So, so I booked a hotel today with, you know, like one that could be cancelled yeah. and stuff. I was like, just in case, I've got, the, I've got hotels <laughs> booked all over the place. But yeah, now I'm now I'm thinking maybe doing that instead of the Italy one because it's a, it's things like eight hundred meters of climbing for the half, and it's obviously a, an area that you can stay for holiday and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So I might end up doing that instead of Italy, and it's almost the exact same time. Cool. What I did notice though is that I might be wrong, but I think they've changed their sort of transfer policy. I couldn't see anything. So you go to the page and it's got in big red writing. Here's our transfer policy. But it didn't seem, I couldn't, maybe I just wasn't seeing it right, but it didn't say anything about if we cancel. I couldn't see anything on that anymore like you used to. I think I all I could see was the whole, if you pay money, you can do this, you can do that. I can't help but feel that Iron Man are beginning to fleece us a little bit. I also um, think it's been a tough year probably. for them in terms of yeah, races. So that. I think they're gonna, a bit unfair. things like cancellations and deferring is going to be, become a little bit more difficult for a while. That's um, what I think. Yeah, that's the impression I get that they're yeah. not so open to it anymore because this is normal, right? Yeah, this and is, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe if things do get back to normal for a few years and that'll go, but you know, that half their races basically could go, well, they're not selling anything for this year because it's yeah, 95%, 99% deferrals from last year. So yeah. Yeah. you can't, you know, it's kind of hard to open up to deferrals and things like that if, yeah. uh, if there's nothing to defer for. Yeah, the first way. tier in a lot of these races is like three or four because of all the deferrals. I, some of the races just aren't it. They just haven't opened. They yeah. they were they pre sold out essentially before they even were in a, uh, confirmed. So okay. Um, How about you? Yeah, Benny. Uh, race plans for next year so far? Yeah, I just um, registered for Hamburg in June because I had two deferrals from this year, September yeah. and October. So <laughs> it's kind of busy at the, the end of the season, but I still have to wait till uh, the end of next season. So that's why registered for uh, Hamburg yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Did Hamburg last year as well. Uh, kind of liked it, and it's close by home. Easy to travel, so that's a lovely uh, city yeah. as well. Yeah, I'm you get a big car. 
So the last two items that we had, well, firstly, this came from a conversation uh, that we had on yeah. uh, oh. on WhatsApp. Uh, I sort of gave my sob story about traveling back from Estonia and my bike getting destroyed to pieces by the baggage handlers. And uh, Neil noticed that, uh, how do you say this? Komoot. Komoot? Yeah, Komoot. Komoot. Oh, like, like Scott, like, I hadn't even heard Yeah, Komoot. That's what Komoot. Komoot. And it's, uh, so, so for people that don't know, it's basically uh, an app at all that you can use for like pl plotting routes and, and things. It's good for trails and things. I Particularly good for like, uh, trail riding, mountain biking, hiking, sort of the less road-based stuff, although the road yeah, stuff is on road there. Stuff as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot. Do you think that it gives you anything more than, say, Garmin or Strava? Yeah, it's easy to find new routes that right. people, to, yeah. to find good routes, you know, go a good road and drivable roads. Yeah, I think that's it. So it's an alternative to that, but we noticed that uh, if you sign up for the annual uh, annual sort of service there, that there's uh, actually a really good... Firstly, there's a few reductions um, on there with like local bike or sort of uh, bikes to .nl and, and things like that. It's a really decent saving for gear and for even for, I think it even includes bikes in there. And then the second part was there's a really excellent insurance mm. covered for bike travel. And it literally it includes sort of everything down to if you have a crash in the middle of nowhere, we'll come and pick you up type yeah, of Yeah, it's really thing. good. So it's really uh, really impressive service. Place. And really it applies place. very much throughout. Some of them are worldwide. A bunch of the services were very like good for Europe as well. So obviously yeah. it applies here in the Netherlands too. It's very good insurance. One thing to really, I think, one thing to keep in mind is that we'll only kick in if you are more than, I think, 100 kilometers from home. So I think it's something like that. I might get it wrong, but it's designed to make sure that it's not like a local insurance, but it's when you're actually out adventuring, as it were. But, so. but also like bike damage or racing and, and you damage your bike and stuff. There was, was sort of coverage for, yeah, me. a couple it of thousand mean, euros. Yeah. So um, really Worth very decent. At. I think it was something like 50 or 60 euros a year. So even, yeah, really good. yeah, I basically signed good. up basically yeah. as an insurance now, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> with a, a free sort but of uh, mapping tool. Damage, damage uh, pickup, hospital, like loads of different things in there. Yeah. And I think and it's up to 1500. I had a look at it and it's quite exceptional. Is the derailers? I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he was a week too late, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, uh, yeah so I, I'd really recommend sort of taking a look at that if you haven't got insurance elsewhere. Yeah. And I think it, we compared it against like our house and travel insurance and it, it certainly yeah, they have a lot has of small a, print that yeah. usually. And it's, then the last point sort of talking about gear and buying and stuff is uh, we're just a month or so away from Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all those good, good, good times uh, in the calendar for buying your fitness tech. My tip for this is a uh, DC Rainmaker's blog yeah. and, and his Apparently he has this thing called social media. I don't know what social media is, but you know, <laughs> he has this thing. But he covers all the big sales and he sort of like uh, scans all these, all, all the major sites and oh. gives an idea of sort of, uh, hey, I found the X watch in, in these places. And he does it for UK, uh, sorry, for the US and for Europe. Keep an eye on that. Or obviously say it's sort of Google alerts and stuff, but. He has very good reviews if you're, if you're thinking about exactly. an item. It's very good. I think generally speaking, what you're going to find, things like trainers, uh, home trainers, which we're going to touch on a bit later and, and maybe bike head units and stuff and not so much, but a lot of watches um, and things like that, like the Garmin and the Suntos. And, I just bought a watch. And stuff. <laughs> I forgot that Cyber Monday. I needed it. Yeah. But a lot of that kind of stuff is is does feature under these, so well worth uh, if you are thinking about buying, holding on for another month. 
So now we're going to move on to talking about the off-season planning. How do you plan your year? I think this question maybe came from Celine a few months ago. We, we'd put out, give us some questions or she'd, she'd given some suggestions. And one of them was, how do you plan your year out? And to some people, you might be thinking, well, why do you need to plan your year out? You know, you might just think, I, I go running twice a week and then I turn up to a dam to dam or a half marathon and, and I run it. And I think that's also fine. But, you know, people might have bigger goals or, or objectives. They want to get a personal best. They want to be less tired. They want to be more technical, loads of things. And I think uh, planning as, as a concept is something that is um, familiar to a lot of us when we're when we're doing events. And yep. now, now is the time, I think, to think about that. Yeah. First of all, how do you think about planning? I mean, Matt, when you think about planning, if you're coaching an athlete, are you thinking along the lines of sort of periodization yep, type planning? Exactly. Yeah, maybe it's worth telling us what that is very yeah, quickly. I think that, because you, you're right, that Celine, I think, brought this up. But it was, when we asked for questions, this was probably the most uh, common question was either yeah. about the off-season or different elements of the off-season. So we've kind of combined them all here and I think we'll get through them over the next, you know, however many hours. <laughs> this yeah. The way to start this, I think, is to frame it in terms of those those periods, as you said, and I like to think of basically six. So you've got what I'd call the off season or the post season. Then you go into preparation, technical phase, and then your typical kind of phases that everyone knows is the base, the build and the specialty. Each of those sort of has its, its you know, unique purpose um, that you want to build towards. So starting with the off season or the post season. That's where we are now. I mean, there obviously well, wasn't much of a season. Yeah, but I think it's been difficult this year because usually that's the period that follows probably your final race of the year. And that's a, that's a time when you're going to take some time off. And by time off, you don't mean you do nothing, but you kind of do what you want, right? So I'd say two weeks relax, of nothing, right. frankly. Yeah, okay. I mean, by nothing, you, know, you can still go to work and stuff. It's, it's not, it's <laughs> you not, can't. That's it's the not, thing, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But I mean, you, you know, it, if you can sit on the sofa and sort of get a significant other to, you know, dish yeah. you up fries and yeah, hot chocolate, go for it. Yeah. You know, if you have to do a little bit then, but definitely I would say two weeks off, totally why, why off. Why is that good? Why is that a good thing? Yeah, it's a question that came in. So uh, who, who was it? Jose said, why is there an off season for amateurs? Yeah, and we're um, all amateurs. Mostly. And we're all amateurs. Frankie's not. And we've got yeah. another uh, yeah. professional, haven't we? We've got a couple, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, his question was, look, I like doing what I do. I like training. We don't train to, you know, the, the, the levels that a pro triathlete or any athlete trains to. Why do I need to take yeah. the, that postseason, that time off? And um, actually, like Luis gave some some sort of like nice sort of answer within the group. Uh, uh, there's that sort of like physiological, uh, also that that mental rest, especially mental thing. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So you just need to take that thing of like I don't need to think about what I'm doing tomorrow. I don't need yeah. to think about training, even though you might kind of want to go like, what am I going to do this weekend? to force yourself to take that. The main reason for me, or not the main reason, one of the reasons which is sort of often overlooked is a season should be planned and it should look a certain way and you should move through phases. And so this is the stopgap that marks the start of that because without that, you're just rolling things together. Yeah. And it's so what logical break. Yeah, exactly. And it gives you that sort of that, that starting point. And also that sort of time off, you know, that doesn't always have to be at this point in the year. Like athletes I've trained that or coached that have done a couple of really big races. We might also take a week or two off in the middle of summer if they've done some some really big load there. It's that sort of opportunity to refresh. And even though you might think you're ready, your body needs a little bit more time than you think sometimes. So it's, yeah. it's that point in time to, to sort of mark like this is where the season ends and begins again. And how and, long would that be? A couple of weeks? Well, I always say two weeks, well, my standard approach sort of uh, is generally two weeks of nothing, 
uh, and then two weeks of unstructured training or two to four weeks of unstructured training. And by unstructured, it means like don't follow a plan. If you want to go run, go run, but you're not, you're trying to keep intensity very low, sort of low to nothing. And you don't want to go to bed going, oh, I've got to get up early to go swimming. It's got to be kind of a lot more sort of ad hoc, a little bit more feel like it, give yourself the rest. And it's just about starting to kind of move again, but without any structure, any structured timetable. And then sort of want to bring another point into Jose's question. He said, you know, for amateurs, why do we need that? If you're just someone that likes to work out, if you like to swim, bike and run and for fun, and you maybe do each one once a week or even once every two weeks, and you maybe enter a race, but you're not that bothered about, you know, you you'll try your best, but you don't care about getting faster or anything like that. You don't probably, you don't need to yeah. take that time, yeah. but that they, structuring a season is what differentiates sort of an athlete from someone who bikes, I guess, which is a different thing. So if someone takes that two weeks off, right? Post season, logical break. Yeah. What do they do after that? Well, I'd say even during that is um, what I'd sort of put oh, that off season, post season and planning together. So we don't want to just be people who, randomly swim, bike and run. Yep. We have to have that plan. That's, you know, that is sort of a, a phased approach. Now is the time, if you've not done this already, now's the time that you should be looking at your calendar and starting to work out based on what you did last year or the year before, what you've got your eyes set on. Or so look at events. Looking at events, exactly. That, like your A race, which would be your starting main Starting to identify what you want to do, exactly. And starting to add a priority level to it, exactly as you say. Yep. So what's your A race? What's your B race? Or... Just give yourself, you know, look at your goals and go, okay, I'd like to get faster, I don't know, a 10K next year. Even starting, to, starting sort of a, a bigger goal like that, or I'd, I'd love to do a half Ironman PR or something and start to add a little bit more flesh to that. Do you need any, you don't need any specific tools for that. I mean, no. there's many out there that can help. But calendar. You, you need a pen and a piece of paper, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and a calendar. Yeah, and pretty much that. Has that yeah, yeah. yeah, and you can also start marking those other things, like those, you know, okay, no one's traveling for work at the moment, but if traditionally you do and you know there's always that big conference in March yeah. that you go to, then uh, don't choose, uh, you know, uh, a race in April. You know, yeah. so you can start to mark those things out or, yeah. you know, if you've got kids and you know you've, uh, you're going to have a, a tough summer holiday or something, then it might not be best to, to race straight after. You might want to see, like, can I race just before or, like, early in the holidays yeah. because I know I'm going to have to take a vacation afterwards or whatever. So start marking those important moments in time out and uh and then you know the races or the events or whatever it might be that help you achieve what you want to do next year so you have your plan yeah then what prepare yeah so the next phase i call preparation phase and that's essentially when you start working out a little bit more and you starting to add a little bit more structure there but this is the bit where so generously you can call it like training to train so you're getting yourself in a position where you can shortly start training so then again, no intensity really. This might be a month long, but you're starting to bring a bit more structure to it. So you're saying like, okay, you know, realistically with my agenda, I can swim twice a week. I can ride three times a week and I can run twice a week. I'm going to do this on this day, this on this day. And you start to work those things out and then you might sort of build and you don't have to, you know, come out the stall doing all of those, but you might start over those four weeks build into that frequency. Yeah. You're not doing the the same intensity or even length of session that you're going to be doing later in your year, but you just start to, you know, build that frequency and build the cadence. So you see maybe twice running, twice swimming. Whatever like, fits your, you know, whatever would, fits would your. Would that be based on perhaps your goals for the next game, the next game year? So you could be a very good runner and a very good cyclist, 
but you want to get your runtime better, would you then maybe think, you know, this is when you start to think about, well, I want to be working towards maybe three run sessions versus one or... Yeah, definitely. So I think that's part of the plan as well, right? That you're, you've identified maybe what your weakness is or something within that phase. So you, you could be like, yeah, I'm going to work on my run. So I might want to over-index a bit in there because a lot of the people listening are triathletes. What I generally advise is that you can, you can really improve one leg at a time. You can possibly make small improvements in two at a time. You can't improve and swim, bike and run all at the same time. Unless you're maybe like someone who's kind of off the, off the sofa, not done a lot. And just doing stuff is going to make you improve for a while, right? But, but it's imp- once you reach a certain point, and that's not that far in, you need to start to prioritize where you want to improve because trying to improve all three at once is, is pretty hard to do. Well, one exception, maybe if you just imp- increasing your volume in all three sports, yeah. that you're now, uh, say, eight hours a week and you increase it basically to 20, 20 hours a week, of course, then you will yeah. improve in free sports. Yeah. But that's, I think, <laughs> the only way tired. to do it. <laughs> I think yeah, you'll be yeah. quite tired. No, but you have to do it gradually, but I think that's the only way yeah. to, yeah. to yeah. improve if you've free got, sports. If you've got, let's say, like a nice easy number, if you've got 10 yeah. hours a week and you can only do 10 hours a week and you keep yeah. doing yeah. 10 hours a week, you need to make some allowances yeah. to yeah. focus on probably one, if, you know, one of the, one of the three disciplines at that yeah. point. Yep. Sure. And you probably won't improve at work because if you're doing 20 hours training, <laughs> the trade-off is probably 10 hours yeah. less work. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, <laughs> social life has uh, None of us have a social life. This, well, this is the is most true. social thing I've done in a month. Drivably, <laughs> you don't need social life. You know? yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And <laughs> if we were social, we wouldn't be triathletes. <laughs> uh, some people uh, that are listening are probably thinking, well, how, mu- how much is enough? How much is too much? So if see, there'll be many that are, maybe their goal next year is to do an Olympic distance. Yeah. There is no one figure fits. You can't say, well, if it's an Olympic, you must do this. But how should they approach it? You know, because some people might, might have 10 hours available, some might have five. How should they approach that if, if this is their first time properly planning? I think it's sort of the, the wrong way around in, in, in the how much time do you have? Yep. If you've got five hours a week, there's no point talking or there's no point wishing you had 10 because you don't. Yeah. Be realistic when you're in that planning phase and when you start to add some frequency there as well, be really realistic. Don't go, I'll probably do 12 hours a week on a good week. If that meeting finishes when I want it to, and no one's ever sick and everything happened, there's no point planning for that. Plan for the worst and hope for the best. Yeah, or plan for the average at least, you know, because, you know, things happen, you get sick, those things will happen. But like being realistic, you know, and allow some wiggle room there. Go like, you're better off saying, eight hours yep. and hitting eight hours every week, week in, week out yeah. and shooting for 12 and hitting three sometimes and 15 sometimes. And, you know, so just be realistic. Like what can I maintain? But there's also, there has to be an element of being realistic in, in, yeah. in your goal as well, because you, if I've only got five hours, I probably shouldn't be looking at an Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> not well, me anyway. Maybe you'd go away with yeah, that. Yeah. Man. <laughs> but I mean, in the past example, like so uh, Roberto, who's a member of Attack, he, he did Ironman Nice and his average week was about six hours a week. Right. Now we had some bigger weeks where we were able to get a little bit more volume in. And also he started basically a year to the day. We, we did right. 12 months oh, of, okay, okay, of yeah. solid training. So that's also yeah. a way that you can yeah. build in, you know, a little bit more Just, hours. But I guess the conclusion that you, what you're really saying is fit it in around your life and, and, yeah. and decide what you've got realistic. and decide yeah. what you want to give as yeah. well. Just because you've got 10 hours a week, you might, you know, that if you're like, well, I could definitely train two hours a week, but, uh, you know, maybe wouldn't be able to, I don't know, 
go see my kids so much or well, I'd do uh, 20 hours a week of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I need yeah. to do <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so sort of like make those decisions and be like okay this is I think half of, of sort of uh, improvements in triathlon and being sort of content with your improvements is that like knowing that I'm going to give five hours a week. I'm going to train my hardest for five hours a week. I'm going to follow a plan and what I get out of it will be the most I can get with that time. And I'll probably come behind someone else who does seven hours a week. You know, that's just a realistic thing. That's just the way, way the cookie, cookie crumbles, so to speak. But um, yeah. just be realistic and say, like, given what I have available, this is the best. I, you know, I'm going to do the best I possibly can. Yeah, and that always worked for me. I mean, that was the approach you were coaching me yeah. um, forever, really, and that was always the approach. I think that was your very first question to me five, six years ago. Yeah. What you got? I was like, this is all you've got. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you went, no, how many hours? <laughs> how about you, yeah? How would you, like, approach this? Well, same, because you get yeah. it. Uh, I fall into the trap to to plan for the best I could do, I think I could do, but it never works. And yeah. you always yeah, disappoint yourself and then you miss a session and the next day you miss a session as well because I, I missed it yesterday. And now, that's a know, really good point you know, as well. That's, that's sort of, um, it, it's such a, a simple trick, but if you've got like a training calendar or something, if you see five sessions a week, go green. You know, yeah. five out of five sessions a week, go green, rather than planning to do eight and three of them are red and five of them are green. Just mentally, like yeah. that sort of t changes your opinion of yourself. Right? I've also, if one's, one's red, then the next day, uh, yesterday's red as well. Uh, I've missed it now, I, yeah. I, I missed it anyway, I've worked so. out with training peaks. You can just change the planned time after and it's all good. They all go green. <laughs> <laughs> I do it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've done that this week, but legitimately, it wasn't like I just didn't like seeing orange. It was because I'd put the wrong time in or something. Yeah. But I kind of wish they wouldn't let me do that. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, um, that was like preparation. And, yeah. and after that, you're kind of coming onto a base. Well, I, I'd fit what or? I call a technical phase in before oh, sorry, that. Technical, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I, that would be like, I think there are certain amounts of technique that you want to learn, especially swim is a very technical sport. Everyone knows. Thing, yeah. So there's yeah. always technique in, in swimming. Maybe it's something that we overlook a bit in biking particularly and a little in running as well. So I'd, I'd add a phase here where as you move from just hitting the sessions, just before adding a little bit more intensity, I'd be getting a little bit more intensity through maybe some speed drills, some, uh, some strides, but working a lot on different technique elements and probably about a month there as well, all told. Yeah, sorry, just to go back. So I think you were saying round about a, a month preparation, yeah. give or take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think like if, if you've had a traditional season, which sort of ends around September, you've taken your two weeks off, you've done a little bit of unstructured stuff and you start to build through, you're probably finishing your preparation and your technique phase around the turn of the year, yeah. usually. And... and January should be the point where you're ready to go, okay, now I'm starting to train. Yeah. This is the point where I'm ready to train. Yeah. And I think before that is sort of getting yourself. It's a good logical uh, break as well. I mean, yeah. it's a new year, but I guess one of the things I always have is, oh, did I overindulge over Christmas? And then the hard training is coming. And actually through the years, I've, I've just learned to overindulge all the time and not just at Christmas. So it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like no, <laughs> overindulge between New Year to... and Christmas instead of between Christmas <laughs> and New Year. Exactly. <laughs> Average it out. No, but you get, the, you do have the, yeah, like I find I get used to it and I'm like, yeah, of course you're going to overindulge a little bit, but don't use it as an excuse. I, you know, don't use it as an excuse to just be. But be it goes back to that sort of like sensorialism, right? I, I'd say take 10 days or, or take a week 
Yep. And maybe don't take it off, but, but really go down to like, I'm going to maybe do half an hour run today. I might do an hour of spin on the bike tomorrow instead of like, it might be a third of what you'd usually do. This so, might be the whole year that everyone is the most active on Christmas day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's going to be, oh, not another day with the family at home. God's sake. There's going to be Go for a run, love. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, you know, but be generous with yourself and be kind to yourself and just go like, this is a time, or, you know, in a typical year, you've probably got some office parties coming up. You've got a few later nights, all these different things. It's great. Like it, you, you're not a pro athlete. <laughs> Go and enjoy yourself, but uh, give yourself that sort of wiggle room. But also plan for it so that you're not like like we we're just saying. You're not like oh, I've just missed two two weeks of training because I've been, you know, knee deep in rum basically <laughs> at this point. So yeah. just be generous and, and make your plan much more generous uh, over that period. You've you just built some fitness generally over the last couple of months of the year. You're just getting ready and, you, you know, you're ready to fire sort of, you know, first week of January. What advice to those that have overindulged and, and they're a bit like, oh, shit, because you might feel like you've failed yourself a little bit. How do you get back on the wagon? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> because it happens. I mean, I've had that happen to myself. Like, yeah. I, I've, I've, I've done all sorts of stuff over the years of, of training and getting it wrong and getting it better and then getting it wrong and one of the things that used to happen was always like you've you have overindulged in something or you have taken too much time off and you just find it more difficult to go back and for me yeah, yeah. it's a case of trying to be present and see not dwell too much yeah. on back and it, and it comes back it takes a couple of weeks and maybe you want to like back, restructure but. so that you might want to like revisit a tech phase for a week so you're not coming back and, you know, you've had two weeks of overindulging and then you're like throwing it and you're like, okay, so I'm going to start on Monday with four minutes at VO2 max. <laughs> so, so, you know, like. So sort so, of work into it with some technique, which yeah, will help with confidence as well. Exactly. Um, I always yeah. find that when I've like sort of, you know, sort of fell off the wagon a little bit for a few weeks, I, I'm, as long as you're generous with yourself and you're kind of like kind spirit and you'll, you'll allow for that to happen, then actually I'm just raring to go. By that point, I'm like, okay, I'm enough now. I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, kind of dying to get out there because I don't, I haven't disappointed myself, you know, I'm, See, I'm just I, sort I've of. I've always been a bit different. I've always felt I have disappointed myself a little bit. And then I've felt, oh gosh, this is really hard. But I've also learned now throughout the years yeah. that, yeah, it's hard, but you really go over it pretty quick. Um, so I guess everyone's different. It's always, then you have to take the first step to get back on again. You exactly. Know? And then it's. The more you're disappointed, the harder it gets to make the first yeah. step. And yeah. Yeah. After two weeks, you finally make the first step, and you say, "Oh, that was easy." That was that. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? So yeah, so now you're missing two weeks already. Yeah. So I'd say that way, like make the first step easy. Maybe yeah. maybe the first yeah. day is like a, a thirty minute easy spin with some high cadence drills on the bike, or it's like a, a twenty minute easy run. You know, make that make the step really easy so that you yeah. do it, and then after that, you're right. You're always like. It wasn't so bad. Yeah, it's all in the head. I mean, it's very mental, these things. Certainly it's often me in the past. all in my belly, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that as well. So then then after technical, you're looking yeah. at sort of build. Yeah, and I think we can fly through that. So, you know, the, the typical phases that most people know is base build and specialty. So base being, you, you kind of lay in the foundations. Generally speaking, it's quite a lot of aerobic work um, at low intensities. Um, and that's not good. You know, I think this is something we could probably deal with later in the season, sort of uh, around springtime or, or sorry, uh, after the new year, then yeah, springtime probably in, into a build phase. So this is essentially, think of bases building your, your sort of uh, aerobic capabilities. Build is when you get fit 
And uh, as it sounds. So like intervals and things to maybe make... I mean, everything. It's a combination yeah. of all these things. But higher but, intensity. Yeah, exactly. And that's where your big gains come. So at first, you're just getting ready to train. You're getting... So you're training to train. Then you start training. And... Uh, but you're building like the, the foundation, the base to make sure you've got a really solid starting point. And then you sort of build through and that's where you make a lot of the gains and then final T specialty. And that's where you work out. like a lot more like the race that you're planning to do. I've always found the build to be the best for my confidence. Towards I, th the end I think of it's the, the phase the that most people enjoy most because it's when you feel yourself getting fitter. Yeah. But a lot of people also skip base to start building yeah. way too early. And that's a danger because I think base is much more important to... That the, they have the, a good base. It's the bigger the base, yeah. the higher you can build, yeah. essentially. It's kind of like a pyramid in a way. The, exactly the, that, the, the, yeah. The stronger the bottom, the larger the piece at the bottom, the more the, the other yeah. pieces on top can be. Or, yeah. or like a house. If you don't have good foundations, at some point it's going to collapse, right? Yeah. And you're building a lot of like the, the sort of um, neuromuscular mm. kind of foundations in that sense. So, you you know, you're building capillaries and... Uh, and, you know, you're, you're building uh, the vasculature and all those different things. So you need those in place before you're then, uh, or, or let's say the bigger and better that is, the higher you can then go the, with the build. So you're, you're, if you don't do much of a, of a, a foundational kind of uh, period, and you're, you're kind of limiting how high you can go or how far you can go later in the season. And then specialty is really what is your race and how can we tweak things exactly. to make so if it's, better Exactly, so if you're doing race. an Olympic distance, that's where a lot more of your cycling is going to include uh, sort of uh, at least intervals, which are at, the, at that kind of Olympic, you know, 60, 70 minute, all out effort, 80 minute, whatever it might be. Same for swimming, same for running. And that doesn't mean every single session is a race, but you're going to have large portions of your week which are at that intensity. Okay, so to throw some things in, because people might have these questions. Yeah. Brick sessions, where would I find them? Uh, and a, a brick a for anyone is, is basically, you, you might come off the bike and then go straight off in, in training onto a run. So getting used to running with yeah. tired legs, for example, or come out of a swim and do a bike, that type. I definitely wouldn't do any of them before Christmas. I might sort of early on add one or two just to start getting, and it might actually depend on the level of experience of the athlete. So if they've never done a lot of brick sessions or if it's their first year or two of racing, I'd probably add it earlier. Whereas for more experienced athletes, I think you kind of know that feeling and you get a little bit more familiar with racing. So, um, it's less necessary till later on. Um, to build it. Yeah. Base, you don't need it. Well, I did one today, but an hour of running and then an hour of, uh, the yeah. I did. So but yeah. where it might differ but, is like, uh, sometimes with, um, with the weather being generally, you know, shit now till March, April, whatever it is, you know, and if people are sort of stuck inside a lot, might do some kind of like fun bricks, like, which might be like, uh, you know, a 10 minute interval on the bike onto a five minute treadmill and then doing, repeating that four or five times. But essentially what you're trying to do there is just split up the monotony yeah. of, of sitting on a train or sitting on a treadmill or, you know, running on a treadmill for a lot of time and getting some of the same benefits while making it a bit more fun. Um, but yeah, so I'd say that that would come in later in the season. Definitely. You might put it down, like I say, for less experienced in the base. Um, but yeah, definitely probably the build is the, the and, best place. Intervals, where would you throw them in? All the time. Yeah. Um, you That's know, Depending on the interval, and the intensity. it depends on the length yeah. and the intensity of the interval. Exactly that, yeah. Okay. So that was the basic phases, um, and we, we got a question from Medi actually, and he was saying, "Is there any other sport that would supplement or contribute to tri training beyond 
running yeah. the swimming and the, and the biking. Uh, so cross training in, in effect. Yeah, uh, lifting weights. Yep, getting strength. strong. Yeah, that was yeah. one that came in actually. I think uh, Tellman Chris had questions on that. So how yeah. much time do you invest in strength training? There are sports which obviously have a benefit. Like you see uh, people, anyone that's rode before always rides a bike pretty well, right? They're always pretty strong. So there's obviously benefits there, but I don't know that I'd like jump in a boat for two weeks. I don't necessarily <laughs> think that that's where, you know, it, it's more of uh, being a lifetime athlete who's built those those sort of, uh, those specific strengths. The same for like hiking and stuff like that, you know, like, yeah, sure. It might help, but if you're doing it to be a better triathlete, it's probably not worthwhile. If that's your goal, if you're doing it for fun and you think, you know, it might keep you active and what are you talking about here? Hiking and things? No, or like other sports, Medi's question ah, okay. specifically. Ah, sorry. I think I was still yeah, on the strength you know. thing. So yeah, no, but just on the sports perspective, I think if it helps you to stay motivated, if it's stuff you enjoy and it helps you stay fit and active, great. That's a good example. When when we were discussing my stuff in yeah. years gone by, whenever I'm in Scotland, I'll usually do some mountain biking with friends. Exactly. It's because I enjoy it and it can sort of, you know, translate over to what my training might have been for some endurance yeah. or something. And then you just, uh, yeah, you're saying uh, did some uh, cyclocross for the yeah. first time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I just picked it up a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's so much fun. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's loads of fun. It's just, it, well, it's really good, I think, because it's, it's really intense. It's not really for the base season, but anyway. But it's, uh, now it's, it's leg killing, it's, yeah. uh, and it's just fun, just adrenaline, you know, you just, just bump up those hills. Uh, exactly. Full power, you're 800 watts, and on the top of your heart rate is up there, and <laughs> it's like, ah, but it's just fun. It's just a full-on effort uh, for an, an hour, is it? One hour? Well, the race is an hour, but there's no races for the foreseeable future. So it's, yeah. <laughs> but now it's just, uh, uh, with a club from ATEC, we go, uh, yeah, find some routes and. Uh, so I think like uh, different types of riding, different types of running, where, you know, so we've covered some uh, like mountain biking, cyclocross, gravel, right, all these things. Yeah. Cross country know, skiing is a big one. Of exactly. Course. Yeah. If we're sort of uh, lucky to have those, but again, like, how would you say it? it's good? If you're just looking at this period of time, like a week or a couple of weeks or even a couple of months, yeah, they might keep you fit. But the reason that cross-country skiers are so fit is because they cross-country ski all the time, yeah. right? Or they've done, been doing it since they were three years old or something. So don't think that you're going to achieve those levels of, of fitness, you know, because you're doing the sport that they're doing, essentially. Yeah. Okay, so strength training yeah. then, specifically. So weights and, yeah. and gym, how important is that? Very important. Yeah. Um, this is the, I think the, the lowest hanging fruit for most triathletes. Do you think it's often the most neglected? Most uh, neglected for sure. Yeah, right? yeah. How often do you, I'm see, from it, experience you see it well. in the agenda, in yeah. your program and you're like, well, I could do that or I could run or, you know, it all, it's always the thing that gives way. Right. But, and to a degree, once you hit that build phase, definitely, it probably should. So this, that's why I'd say like, like now in this early period. And if you're looking for another sport to introduce and you want a sport that's actually going to improve your, you know, you, or you want a new activity that's going to really improve you, who you are as an athlete, it's getting to a gym. Yeah. I've got a strength program just now that I just got off training peaks and um, um, everything you just described, I've done. I think I've done every mistake. And everything. <laughs> you are the Lionel Sanders of the time. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, and I'm be actually doing his one hour record attempt. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm being really disciplined on the strength training part. So, how often now. are you doing the strength Twice sessions? A week. Nice. Yeah. Twice a week, which for me is a big thing. Did you buy some um, curls? 
No, there's a lot of squats at the moment, so I'm fairly oh, that's good. Fairly new. Strength uh, training isn't, isn't always strength training. Yeah, it's just, you have those compound exercise and yeah. isolation yeah. exercises. I just got a program on training peaks from the is it the scientific triathlete? Yeah, what's his name? Mikael or something. Yeah, yeah I just got with the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah with the guy. And it, and it's it's for me it's great. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of squats. There's there's a warm up. There's a, a main set. It's not too intensive at the moment, mm -hmm. and then there's some core stuff after it. It's kind of ticks all the boxes that I I should have done a long time ago, and it's been good so far. It's yeah. the thing that like if if you don't do it, do it now. Yeah, because three years time, you'll wish you did it now. <laughs> you well, know? Listen, hey, here I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, like one of the big things that like, we've discussed this before, I think, is like injury injury prevention and just yeah. being yeah. solid. Like as you get older, the the joints start to hurt a little bit more. My back. You know, it has I get more troubles than I used to. Don't recover as well for, from things, and uh, and strength training just played such a big role in that. If you start to introduce it now, make it your number one priority instead of fitting it around swimming, bike, and running. Yeah. Make swim, bike, and run fit around your weight it's training. Kind of what I'm doing just now, yeah. which I haven't done in the past, um, to be honest. And you know, you might that might flip, I guess, when you get to your sure, gold phase definitely. and things like that. But I think, right, as you say, right I'd now. I'd say like February, March, it might start to flip and then you might go into a more of a maintenance mode where you, even if you get in the gym once a week. That's what this know, plan yeah. says, you know, if you, you know, do it for twice a week if you can, then go down to once a week. So that's what I'm doing. But, yeah. Um, certainly days, but it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm glad to be doing it. And like, especially yeah. people who have always do those niggles, you know, a need, it's always niggling or a, uh, the IT event or, yeah. or your back on in cycling, you know, it's, you can all prevent always those. a weakness well, somewhere yeah. down the like yeah, down strength the training chain, can prevent yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Most of it. Lower back a lot of for it. sure. Yeah. Lower back was one that I used I to. I even notice like when I get a really good sort of run of of sort of time like hitting the gym two or three times a week over like in a hard run, that that point where you want to just almost bend over where your core is just like crush you know, yeah. crushed down. That I feel so strong and so good there. And you just realize how much more um efficient you are because you, you haven't got those wobbles, or you haven't got yeah, that bend, yeah. or you haven't just got those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much yeah. tied to core strength that yeah. we just never, ever think about. I mean, exactly. lower back problems yeah. that I've had in the past with cyclists is almost yeah. always the, yeah, the course, right. core strength. It's not doing enough core strength. And, and the other part yeah. of that is, right, at some point, you might not swim, bike, and run. Right. And you just need to operate as a decent, healthy member yeah. of the world. Yeah. 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 And, How your yeah. and then like, no matter how good you can uh, do catch up in the pool, you know, it's not really going to tell, but actually strength training will, you know, that's going to be the thing that keeps you active, that keeps you fit, that keeps you healthy uh, in the long term. So I think, you know, it's worth investing in yourself in that way now. It's also nice, I find, to get out to the gym now and see other people, other yeah. faces. It's basically social now, <laughs> as right? As long as we're allowed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so some of the things that we'll quickly touch on that maybe you should think about in the off-season, like nutrition. Is that something that you would look at? Definitely. If you're thinking, you know, if you're not going to be Lionel Sanders and sort of uh, go on a, a raw vegan diet three days before a big race, if you if you are thinking about making any changes, now's the time to start introducing them because, you know, the risks are low. I find it really hard to be mindful of nutrition when I'm training hard or training more because I'm just, you know, calorie monster at that point. Yeah. So we're, we're going to devote an episode at some point yeah. uh, in the off season to nutrition. So, so, so I'd say just like now, you know, if, if you are thinking about anything, if you want to, if you're thinking about seeing a nutritionist or whatever it might be, do it now. It's a great time to start. I'm doing that at the moment, yeah. actually. It's been quite interesting, but we'll save that. I'm saving my story, my journey yeah. for the, for the, um, 
But then you just I think maybe uh, after Christmas and New Year might be a good time to uh, <laughs> That's, visit, when, I'm, that's uh, when I'm going to go twice a week. <laughs> the gluttony episode. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, bike position? Would you look at that at the moment? Like get a bike fit or something like that? Or yeah, maybe? I mean, it's, it's a good time. Why not? But uh, most of the training I do at the moment, if, you, if you've got the luxury of a couple of bikes at least, is uh, on the train or on the road bike. Um, it's much more comfortable. It's an easy way to rack up hours or an easier, more comfortable way to rack up a few hours. You still want a decent fit on your road bike, of course. Um, so make sure that's the case. But it tends to change less, I would say, for most mm. people. Unless you've, you know, if you've lost 20 kilos, then the mm. chances are that your position on the bike's changed. Or if after Christmas you've put on 20 kilos, which might be the case. I'll, uh, tell, I'll tell you in February. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, if, if something major's happened, maybe change it. But I, I feel like this is a, Bike fit's important for sure, no doubt about it. But if you've had one or you're in a good position, you're not getting pain and you feel good on the bike, stick with it. Um, what you might want to do is when you're when you do start introducing like a tri bike or a tri position on the road bike, if you have ambitions of getting a bit more aero or whatever, like start working towards that and then get a bike fit at that point to help you do that. But and um, gym work will help with a lot of that as well. Definitely, like stretching hamstrings, ability to get down amazing. lower and yeah. stuff. And that was my plan actually. The base, in the base, uh, do a lot of indoor rides, but just take the TT bike on the yeah. on the kicker as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, okay. just try and get lower. And what's your longest uh, session on the turbo trainer yap? Yeah, it's too long. It was uh, just once. It was one of. Uh, I think it was four and a half hours. Oh, wow. I've done four Friday hours was, like two or three times. And I've oh, had, like, I hated it. It's taken me weeks to get over it. Like <laughs> it's sort of like a, a like this delve into my soul. Yes. Like, yes. I, was, yeah. I, was, I was actually thinking about doing a train around you did some long sessions in the morning. Yeah. Just before working, you do two hour session on the road bike. And today oh, I wow. did petite on the train road. It's one hour. Yeah. Filler. Yeah. So here, and here, I was 50 minutes on the way and I was like, okay, I'm not going to do a two hour ride in the morning. <laughs> yeah, <I mean. laughs> yeah. so here's a question. You mentioned trainer road and a lot of people use Swift. And yeah. I think there's clear differences from what I understand. Trainer road has more structured programs that one can sort of pick into and pull out. What's your thoughts on that? If someone's, you know, considering a smart trainer and they would like, would they get trainer road Swift? What's your thoughts on both? Trainer road, some good plans, some ready-made plans. Um, I'm not agreeing with all the plans. I think the base... Full distance base plan is way too intensive, for example. Yeah, I but agree, yeah. there are loads of uh, good workouts on it. And I think it's easy to get through as well. Trainer Road, it's easier to get through than Swift, somehow. With Swift, it's all nice, all the graphics and stuff, but it, at a certain point, you just don't care anymore. Just I'm, watching I'm, the counter. I'm kind of with you now, but I haven't, I haven't used Trainer Road, so I have to fill the there. But it depends, Swift just like, kind of irritates me. My theory, either like, different people are different type of learners and you get like, you know, the yeah. visual and the blah, blah. Yeah, I, think so. I think like different people are sort of like different workouters in that way, right? It also depends on your approach. I like just being shown five minutes at this power, 20 minutes at this yeah. power. And Trainer Road is just like that kind of, really basic look at your yeah. your your uh, session and the plans are good like you said I, I agree it's a little intense and a little bit too much sweet spot and stuff yeah. early on in the season but um generally pretty good i like the simplicity of that other people might like ha or not want to train quite so much and just want to jump on the bike and ride a course with friends yeah. for two hours yeah. and that case swifts for you but i I, I don't react as well to I think that. that bothers me and i also think with swift i don't know if it's just me but this day and age it should be nicer should it not be more like it feels it be clunky? Able to steer a bit it's like Minecraft or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just my computer has never been that good. But I've always found it like stuck in the early early two thousand or something. When you've seen Swift, you've seen it, and I agree with you. I like to focus on training. Right, if you're just yeah. you're sweating and your your if, legs if, hurt, and you see 
five minutes remaining, yeah. you're just going. If I want to be yeah, distracted, I'll good. put Netflix on yeah, exactly. or, or something like exactly, that. I don't, yeah. I don't find myself all that distracted by looking at my graphic on the screen. No. So then if I'm just going to follow a session, I'd rather it have the simplicity of like, here's, here's the pie chart, essentially. Here's what you're doing now, yeah. you know, or whatever. So here's a bar chart. Here's, here's what you're in. Here's one for you, Yap. When you, if you're doing a four-hour session on the Turbo Trainer, would you put something on like Netflix? Or is yeah, that, of course. Yeah. yeah. So it's not four hours full-on intensity. No, no, uh, no. I was thinking today, maybe... <laughs> four hours, just just thinking about I, your pedal stroke. Two hours on one leg and two hours on the other. <laughs> now, I was, today, I was thinking, actually, if it was possible to, to read a book on the trainer. I'm just I wondering, think, if the intensity is low enough, maybe it's possible. Again, uh, I'll read my phone sometimes if it's like an easy endurance yeah. section. Obviously, you know, if, if it's like VO2 max, I'm <laughs> sweating out my eyeballs, then that's a... Uh... Okay, so one of the, the other questions I think that I wanted that I have on my list here and we never spoke about was actually exercises for triathletes. So we, talk, we talked about strength and, yeah. you know, I was talking about I've been doing a lot of squats and things, but some people might not go to the gym. Some people might not want to go to the gym. Um, and it's quite an expensive hobby. Some people might not want yet another membership. Yeah. They might be a member of the swim gym. What, and Chris asked this question, what would you say are the top five, 10 exercises for triathletes? So maybe something that you can do off the bike, on the bike, whatever. Yeah. Well, firstly, I don't think like, uh, some people attempted to jump into kind of their local, uh, body pump or, okay. um, yeah. I don't know, CrossFit or something. Yeah. And that's a terrible idea. Why? Too intense. CrossFit's very intense, right? Yeah, it's you're, really you're good not, for weight loss and things. Exactly. Yeah. But if, if you're doing that alone as your kind of your exercise modality, you know, great. Yeah. But if you're trying to balance that with being a dry athlete, yeah. the whole point of this time of year is that it's not a lot of intensity. Um, so that's not right. the part that you're trying to get. So avoid those kind of, you know, there's a temptation that if you don't enjoy going to the gym that much, you, you think, well, it could be quite nice to join in with a, a group, um, but probably too intense. It's easy to say, but if you have access to a gym, it's an investment worth, I think, because just in terms of having the equipment there to do a, a proper round of, you know, being able to do all the exercises that you kind of are going to benefit you, then it, it is a, 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 an investment that's worth making. Although you can obviously sort of like make two with other things at home. And then when it comes to the exercises, well, what's, what's Scotty doing in yours? Uh, barbell. So yeah. it's like a very lightweight for me, you know, just doing squats with the barbell and then sometimes with dumbbells. Um, Front squats, back squats. Back. Back. Back squats at the moment, but I think that will change. Um, yeah. And it's got me doing um, deadlifts, remaining deadlifts from yeah. the front. Um, so... Um, I think it's really about building up the quads, isn't it? Getting yeah. more strength. In the so, so I think the that's moment. perfect. Squats yeah. of all kind. And that's exactly right. So I'd say if you're just starting, in fact, even if you're fairly experienced but haven't been lifting for a while, start with no weight. That's, that's me. I, put, I mean, it was a little bit like I put two kilos on. You know, yeah. that was it. Um, but the most important thing that you're trying to get is the, the, the movement pattern. Yeah, the technique. So it's way more important than firstly for injury yeah. purpose, like it's a, you know, dangerous thing to go and try and, yep. you know, lift a hundred kilos of yep. deadlift on your yeah. first go. Yeah. Pretty quick way to do your back in. Um, but it's also not necessarily what the goal is. The goal is to like really get those good movement patterns in. That's yep. what's going to help. So you want to start, it's better to do a technically perfect deadlift with no weight than to be lifting a hundred kilos badly. Yeah. This is the, 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 
on the plan that I have, it actually says do some warm-up sets with zero weight. Just yeah, to, mostly like your first rep with most things would either be zero weight yeah. or with just the bar once you've yeah. got a little well, bit that's what I'm, stronger. Yeah, I, have yeah. to, I have to use yeah. the bar. But actually, I've added two kilos on. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's really all about getting the technique and, and having the right body position, feet position, and not putting stress yeah. in the wrong areas. So Wide knees. Yep. Bring the knees nice yeah, and wide. It's really good. Yeah, he gives yeah. links to YouTube videos I've yeah. been watching. It's at Leon X, this guy. He's There's a lot of guy. <laughs> he's ripped. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, he's, he's scary, but he seems to really he shouts, resonates. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he does. I think there's a lot of people on YouTube like, that give good and find the one that works for you, but the, there's some good explanations so you don't have to you know, guess. Or the other good thing about going to the gym, and I always do this when I start or when I step up in weight, I go up to one of the people there and say, can you watch me deadlift and make sure my back's not rounding? Because it's hard to tell sometimes when, you know, well, when you have, you're... You have to get the movement again, you know, getting your shoulders yeah. together, your shoulder blades together and your chest up. Yeah, That's, yeah. Um, I did my first deadlift again last a couple of weeks ago for the first time in, I think, two years or something. Before I had the movement, it was like, how was it going? How, how did it go? How, how did it go? Yeah. Then, oh yeah, now, now I got yeah. it, you know? And then, this athlete yeah. next spends about five minutes just talking about what you're yeah. talking about. They're yeah. getting the arms back. And very very interesting. This uh, Mark Ripito, he's a big strength coach. Um, he's got this program, uh, Studying Strength, it's called. And it's all, there's five basic lifts, I think. It's, uh, there's two workouts. Um, squats, deadlifts, bench press, shoulder press, um, and pulls, chin-ups. I, I think that for anyone looking for a start, that go back, just listen to what Yap said. There are five really good starts. And then you can do variations on them, right? So like you spoke about Romanian deadlifts, so that's like one single leg forward. Um, oh, sorry, a halfway lift, then Romanian squats and stuff where you're going uh, into more of a lunge position type thing. Don't forget that like, the, the, the legs are important. But also don't forget to like your shoulders and things for, for swimming, you know, like uh, and a little bit into the lats and into into the triceps as well for the swimming. Generally speaking, look for movements which address multiple good mus muscle groups, essentially, yeah. rather than isolating muscle groups. You don't want to sort of, you always see the guy that's leaned over the, uh, you know, the, the bicep curl thing and is isolating that muscle and right. trying to lift all, all that. And it's, yeah, great for him, but that's only going to work one muscle and it's a muscle that you don't need. So if there's only one thing you can do, it's the dead, it should be a deadlift every time because it, yeah. it hits so many things. And what about those that don't have access to a gym? Deadlifts. Buy yourself a kettlebell from Decathlon. You can get them pretty cheap or secondhand on Mark Platts. Um, don't drop them. I, I mean, I dropped one off the window and a cheap one and the concrete <laughs> they splat and all this concrete was coming out useless yeah or you know or buy a good one. yeah find find uh yeah heavy stuff uh around the house and yeah, uh, to, lift. yeah well, to lift did you mention another exercise there? Yeah, your pistol squats instead of normal squats yeah. because squats at home a bit it's hard to do them at home the proper you, equipment or yeah whatever, yeah without the proper barbell and some weights because if you're now doing without weights but it's two and you Going to want to put some weight on it, mm -hmm. yeah, and just hard to do at home. But you use pistol squats, you do it on one leg. It's a hard yeah, movement, to hard, and also well. to, to keep your balance. So I think it's. Uh, I was doing these. This was in part of my uh, core and mobility at the end yeah. of my session yesterday. It was really difficult. Yeah, they suck, do they? They were really <laughs> difficult, and I don't have great strength. But I, what one of my legs is a lot better than the other. But it used to be a lot worse, and it got better when my physio once told me to brush my teeth on one leg. 
<laughs> Seriously, so do it's, it. it's proprioception. Do it in the sense. morning, yeah. one leg, and the evening, the other leg, and you'll be amazed at how much strength you yeah. start to get in the uh, in the ah, knees and I things. Right? That's a good yeah. one. Really helped me. Really helped. As well as that, like, even without weight, so so like you can change the sort of uh, the input, right? So maybe you do it with nothing, or or with uh, like a goblet squat, and maybe you've only got um, a fairly light like kettlebell or something. So then you can do more reps for starters, or maybe make the movement last. 20 seconds yeah. each way so that you're really working the muscles yeah. in a different way. So you can always alter if, with what you've got at home. Things like the traditional thing, if you're not used to, to sort of strength training and stuff, those sort of uh, doing crunches and planks is pretty, not useless, but it's not going to be much value to you as an athlete. Too static. The planks too, are good for core? They have some. I'd, I'd much rather see some sort of dynamic planking. So that could be uh, doing uh, like uh, dumbbell pulls in a plank position or... Uh, I had one in my plan with the Spider-Man plank or yeah. something. It's like using a Swiss ball and yeah. then sort of pulling your leg up. That was really difficult. So yeah, your elbows yeah. are on the ball. And then your legs are in the plank position. You've got to lift one leg up. Yeah. Like, so that, that kind of really exercise really or, or uh, like jackknives or something. So you're, yeah. you know, stretching out into a plank position. So some sort of dynamic exercise, which is using more of the body, I think is going to, yeah, more bang for the butt. But also it's, it's just more realistic. Like even if you think in a, I don't know, in a tri bike or something, you feel like you're very static, but you're not, you're, you're engaging all these different muscles all the time, right? To, to stay in that position. Yeah. The bike isn't static underneath you, so you're still using all those things. Talking about this, the, the dry bike, there's some very small vessels you use on the bike to keep your balance, you know? We never train those. Like, I learned the other day that there's this the gluteus medius, it's called. It's a very deep muscle in yeah. your butt. You use it to stabilize your knees and your back on the bike. It's something weird. You just you only train it by using uh, clamshells, you know? Just lie on yeah. your back and open your knees and... Um, oh, yes. okay, that's interesting. And it's, but you do it with no weight. And have you started so hard. And have you started to do that exercise? Yeah. And We're going to ch check in with you in two months and see yeah. if you notice <laughs> a more stable position. In no, the on the bike, I really, uh, I started uh, in the summer. Ah, somewhere. okay. Oh, so you have, uh, that's yeah. cool. But it really helps. But it's, it's interesting. And you can do that at home. You don't need the gym or. No, but that's an example of strength training. It's mm -hmm. quite a strong value. Yep. But Marginal gains. You need but no weight at all because yeah. it's really hard. Yeah, I also think you could you could probably like with minimal gear as well. You can get a pretty decent workout out of a foam roller. Yeah, like, uh, so you can that. foam roll and be if you lift yourself fully up onto your arms. That's a kind of core core workout at the same time while moving. So you can kind of two birds with one stone in that sense. Have you done the uh, ITV on the foam? Oh, you can. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> be able to hear me from here. Screw. Just, yeah. I just can't bring myself to do it. It's like taking knitting needles and stabbing them I, in your eyes. I don't think it's possible. It's just so difficult. And YouTube, they make it look easy, but... Well, apparently, yeah. yeah, yeah. I so don't you, think it's possible. You're not but, supposed to foam roll directly onto your ITB. You're supposed to go up and down the yeah. side of it. It's just horrible. But it's if you can go through that pain, not... You feel good afterwards. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it can really help your strength yeah. with running and things. I've always dabbled with it, but never yeah. done the, uh, never went through the full, full torture yet of doing it. But maybe, that's maybe that's one life for the podcast. So anyway, Chris, <laughs> to your five, uh, you asked about the, you know, top exercises. Hopefully there's some suggestions for you in there. Um, I wanted to come on and talk about testing, Matt, and more 
specifically to something that you're you're now doing and this is really using technical science and yeah. a whole load of uh, data that we have access to ourselves through the, the simple devices most of us if not all of us have a heart rate monitor a lot of us have power meters and and this is called and i want you to help us pronounce it because it's spelled like it looks like in sync but it's not it's like in sick just how do timber you is he in sync? In sync, uh, that's right. <laughs> Justin Trouser Snake. Justin Trouser Snake. It's, yeah. it's inside. Inside. In the opposite of outside. Okay. That's how you spelled say spelled a very different way. Yeah. And this is using these, this is using data points that we all have access yeah. to, but using an algorithm, some science and formulas and all the stuff that is hidden. And I guess that's sort of the IP of the, of the method yeah. to come up with training and just tell us briefly about that. So the, the guy, Sebastian Weber, is the uh, founder of the of Inside, and essentially he's a, you know, when he's like, he's basically a brain in a jar kind of right. uh, person. A and, scientist uh, of sorts. Or... Yeah, and he's been working for, I guess, the last decade or so with all the, the pro tour teams, various corner-winging athletes and stuff. And they've, well, he's developed it into this sort of um, algorithm, which essentially... Through a testing protocol, which you can do at home, as you said, you can also do lactate test testing, which I'll be doing sort of later into next year. But, but just just to clarify, yeah. you can't necessarily do this inside testing at home because you need access to all the data and science behind it, which you have. Yeah, but you can perform the test. Perform the test at home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Still have to go to someone that exactly does the and can understand the data and, yeah, and, and input the parts and, to. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's pretty incredible, but you get a measure of data. That would have probably taken two days in the lab five years ago. And you get it with, as you say, you, for a bike at least, you need um, a power meter, heart rate monitor, and a trainer. And the power meter can be, you know, your smart trainer as well. well of course, you yeah, just most, most, power, most, yeah. power, uh, most smart trainers now have power meters yeah. built in. Indeed. So, and you're collecting that data uh, in a, a fairly fairly easy protocol. You're essentially doing it. It's a 30, minute, a 30 second, sorry, all out effort. A uh, three minute, a six minute, and a 12 yeah. minute, and you split them over however many days you want to. It doesn't have to be back to back. And through that, yeah, we come up with a full metabolic profile. So that's looking at who you are as an athlete. And yeah. also from January, we're going to be doing this for running. So you need your heart rate monitor, you need a pace, you know, your pace, your GPS. And for an extra level of accuracy, if you want, you can also use run power. And I, I have a power, a run power meter that I'll be sort of lending out to anyone to do that as well, because they can just use that for the test. I think we've got a few questions. Yap's got a question as well. And then maybe, I mean, I'm doing it. I think I spoke to you about it. I'm going to get the test done because I think it'll be beneficial, but maybe we can document that somewhat in a bonus episode or something. You can all get a laugh yeah. at it, see how it goes for me and then check in with me in a few months and see if I've seen the benefits. But my question really was, and it relates to myself, because when you, you announced that actually on WhatsApp that you're, you're going to be doing this testing and you have access to the system that helps with it. And I thought, you know, that's great, but what good is this for me? I'm not a pro. I'm not even a competitive athlete. I'm just an athlete for me and I do my my events. And, and you know, what good are the results for some someone like me who is now just embarking on making their own training plans? Yeah. So briefly, how does that help me? Does it help me or do I need to be advanced, more advanced than that? Do I? I think, yeah, I mean, it helps everyone. But just think about the, the jump is sort of um, from having no FTP to having an FTP, right? So, uh, you know, your functional threshold power is what most people base training on these days. And for anyone that doesn't know, that's a, either a real or a uh, tested version of your 60-minute all-out maximum power that you could hold on the bike. All your intervals are essentially a percentage of that, right? Whether they're easy endurance things at 65% or they're VO2 max things at 120% of that number. That's our benchmark. 
it's the same level of jump up again. So it's just giving you way more data about how that FTP, well, firstly gets a much more accurate FTP, but how that FTP is made up, what consists, what's the constituent parts and where's the weakness and strengths in doing that. And and with the idea of someone like me, I can work to improve some of these yeah. parts or some parts I just might never be good at. So don't focus on, on that or... Yeah, I mean, and also there's... What's, I mean, exactly that. So so it's like the analogy being like a pie and, you know, your fitness is the whole pie. Like all the slices are different sizes yep. and you're looking at which which slices, you know, sort yeah. of are smaller than the others. Because if you can increase the size of that, you can increase the size of the pie, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's what we want to work towards and that's what it gives you. Whereas most training plans will kind of be, they'll touch all the different sort of uh, constituent parts of fitness, yeah. but they'll probably touch them all fairly evenly or like an average athlete. So it's kind of like a deep dive into your FTP in a way and it allows you to be more focused. So I can say, focus my training towards this big slice of the pie yeah. because I'm going to make the pie bigger. So even for someone like So if like you've me, got mi- mi- you know, limited time, once yeah. you get to that sort of January point when you are starting to be a bit more focused, if you see that you've got like a, a high VLA max, for example, which isn't good for a triathlete, it's good for a sprinter, but not great for a triathlete who's, riding long at steady state, we would want to work to lower that. And there's a very specific like uh, sweet spot or tempo riding. But let's say you were riding for four hours a week, maybe three hours a week would be focused on that because yeah. firstly, you can maintain that. It's not ridiculous. Yeah. And also that's where you're going to get the biggest bang for your book training wise out of that. But it also goes beyond that. So we can also look at, at given power, how much fat and carbohydrate you burn that can help with nutrition as yeah. well. And yeah, your, your definitely nutrition, nutrition choices on the bike. When you're training. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. Oh, um, and start to, you know, address some of those sort of limitations. Because yeah. if you're not a particularly good fat burner, for example, you can see that. And you, you, yeah, I'm not. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got burn it pretty well. I just like to replace it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fat replacer. <laughs> that's me. I'm a fat That's your mod- metabolic racer. profile. <laughs> no, that's good. And I, I think it's uh, useful. Yeah, I think you had a, a question. Yeah, I love this kind of stuff because I'm all into science. Uh, the data's so, fun. Yeah, yeah I, I love really it. Fun. Yeah, but I, I, well, I read this sports science paper for fun, you know, just a bedtime yeah. story. So, but it's, uh, <laughs> it certainly sends no, but, people to so, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I was wondering because the lab is a controlled environment, you perform these tests in a, well, but definitely very uncontrolled environment, different temperatures and yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. How reliable is it? Are you making sure that the data you're. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, firstly, that's why I'd say do it on because in theory, you can do it outside. You can, yeah. you know, you just do it on a bike ride, whatever. But that's why I'd always say do it on the trainer because that's consistent for you. And that's why I would also say you want to be doing it probably within either the same session or two days. What we're looking for there is the consistency for you, right? That's where we're going to be able to tell. We're looking at the patterns in terms of the power that you're push, pushing at sort of 30 seconds and one minute and, you you know, your power curve in those things. And we're looking at that sort of exchange. The relation than, between the... Exactly. The so that's where, as long as that's consistent, then that's what we're bringing the data through. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it might be the... And actually the software does a lot of the smoothing of this to make sure it is consistent person to person. Don't ask me how. But, <laughs> uh, but actually what we're looking for more is your weakness because regardless of if it's 10 watts wrong your weakness is still your weakness right and your strength is still your strength in that sense but then yeah definitely don't do day one on your road bike on one trainer and day two on your power meter on a roller you know or something after for your two yeah yeah, yeah, exactly so you want to be consistent in that sense yeah but also that the fact that the the tests are fairly short 
you know, that, that sort of motivational point should yeah. be, uh, and you try to split like one short, one longer each day. And you can retest. You could do it. Say, you could retest. Now, if, if you, so now is a good time to If do you were doing before. the 12-minute effort, for example, and you went out way too hard and died after nine minutes, you can wait a couple of days and go again. You know, no, but so I mean, if let's say we do a successful yeah. test, now is a good time as we're planning and looking to the season ahead. You could maybe check in with that, do another set of tests yeah. in February. And I mean, see, this sort of the gold standard the is probably to do two a year. So one about oh, okay. now to yeah. Im, Im, so impact and, and input for your training ahead and looking at the weaknesses and how you can address those. And another maybe sort of end of spring, just before race time to say, okay, where have I come? Have I addressed all those issues? Then at my, let's say, I'm doing an Ironman at my goal Ironman power. Uh, firstly, can I hold that realistically? Is it realistic? Uh, how, and then what's my carb burn at that? Because if it's 200 grams an hour of carbs, can't I can't do that, you know, yeah. not without leaving a very interesting stain on the road behind me. <laughs> um, Which, so <laughs> no. no one needs that. So, so then it gives you a sense of, well, okay, well, what could I hold? Or, right. or, you know, or I've got two months to try and learn how to get, as many carbs as I can down me, you know, in, in a ride. Um, and then how to sharpen, you know, as you get a little bit more specific towards the end. So, um, well, I'm sold that's that. a gold standard, but again, like I'd say once a year, just before you start training, you're still going to get a really good profile of who you yeah. are as an athlete. I'm going to do it. I mean, I spoke to you about it anyway. Yeah. I, I see benefit in it even for me to just know how my body reacts to certain things and certain training, certain you know, yeah. the nutrition thing is good, good for training. So I'm going to it's do it. It's just but, fun, you know, like yeah. just to know what you're like, you know, to, to know what your VO2 max is and yeah, yeah. to, you know, like to know what your anaerobic threshold is and then what type of person, you know, what type of athlete you are and all those things. It's just kind of fun just to dive into the, that, that for sure, but the geekery of it as well. Even for those that are not too much into the data, yeah. they translate into real solutions. It tells them, yeah. you can tell them how to And then, So when we do that, they obviously I like, do a call afterwards and explain you get a full kind of like about a four or five page report go through all the tables explain what that me means explain the benefit of being able to shuttle lactate at a certain yeah. how about we do main i'll do but you can tell me main live yeah. on air i'm up for that or well, live, live in the put on a so podcast we'll do, the test we'll do a bonus we'll, do, we'll, do a we'll bonus. go through you can talk through main yeah. and, and we could post can... your test on yeah. uh, on yeah. the website so people yeah. can see what we're referring to and then i'll yeah. explain definitely up for that and and if anyone wants this they can get in touch with you because you're doing a, a a decent offer for members to yeah if anyone wants to members. get I tested during December for cycling. I think it's going to be January for running because I'm making yep. an improvement on the algorithm. So I'd yep. recommend waiting for that. Then uh, there's a discount. So uh, yep. yeah, just get in touch with me. Just yeah, through the WhatsApp group or mattalfie at gmail.com. Okay, so we've, we've actually took a lot of people's time. We've run over quite a bit here. I hope people are still listening to the end. But very quickly, very quickly, um, let's talk about anything we're reading or podcasts or, or something. Actually, I was listening to podcast that I want to mention is Lance Armstrong's Forward podcast. He had Matthew McConaughey on it uh, okay. recently. Brilliant. Definitely worth listening to. He's got a very interesting childhood. That's for sure. But that's what I'm listening to. Yeah, you're reading any interesting books that... Science uh, journals, as you mentioned. Yeah, of course, always. <laughs> now, always. Only recently, I read uh, Iron War by Matt Fitzgerald. Okay. About uh, Dave Scott and Mark Allen, 1989. Yep. Uh, that yeah. one race, you know. But it's a, it's a, that, that book, I never read it. But it's really it's well written. Matt, any books, podcasts? So, um, I forget the author of this, so we need to uh, look it up. Um, but I just finished reading The Sports Gene. Is really I, oh, yeah, I can't recommend that highly enough. Essentially, it is some some of it's a little controversial as well. But um, David Epstein, 
David Epstein, there you go. Looking into whether sort of a really high level performing athletes, so the Michael Phelps or the uh, Usain Bolts of the world, is it nature or nurture that makes them great athletes? Are they born to be great athletes? Or do they uh, train to be great athletes? Nice. uh, What's the conclusion? Or would that ruin the book? I don't want to ruin it because it's the the journey that counts. I really, and he writes in a really, it's quite scientific, but also very, uh, very approachable. Which is good, yeah. Yeah, so he makes it a fun story and introduces a lot of like interesting characters in there as well. So check that it's one. really highly recommended. One of the better things I've read. So uh, okay, that's us two hours in, or whatever it ends up in the end. But thanks uh, for those that have listened. As usual, if you've got any feedback, get get in touch with us on WhatsApp or through the the club Instagram account. And you can find the podcast online at attack slash club punt nl slash podcast. Thinking maybe next next month we might take a deep dive into swimming. Oh, I what a great plan. Oh. <laughs> he's, been the whole, he's been saying the whole night. Can I say that? Holy for two hours. <laughs> Can I say that? Can I say that? Actually, I was thinking the same, and I, yeah. I'll talk to you about this after, actually. But, yeah, I think that would be a great time to uh, to do that. So maybe we'll have one on swimming next month, and maybe a little bonus one in between with my results or whatever of the uh, inside test. Sounds good. Great. Exciting. Thanks for yeah. joining us, Yap. Thanks, Yap. Thanks for having me. Subscribe, rate, and review Attack the Pod wherever you listen to podcasts. Find show notes and links on attack-club.nl and leave comments, questions, and suggestions on Instagram at attack.club. Happy training and racing.